party people, and welcome to a fabulously festive episode of the Party of One podcast, the RPG podcast where the table is always set for two. I am your holly jolly host, as always, Jeff Stormer. That's right, party people, it is that most magical time of year, that most wonderful season. You can feel it in the air. It is the holidays, and that means it is time for the Party of One Christmas Spectacular. And I can think of no better way to celebrate than sitting down with my good friend, Brandon Leon Gambetta, host of Stop, Hack, and Roll, and designer of games like Passion de las Passiones, for a special holiday-themed game of Dungeon World. No need to delay the magic any further, so let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the holiday festivities. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week I'm joined by Brandon Leon Gambetta. Brandon, welcome back to Party of One. Hey, I'm so glad to be back. I've been uh, just chomping at the bit for another chance to be on. I am f- just thrilled to have you back. I'm so excited. So, as always, real quick at the top of the show, why don't you talk about what you've been working on, anything you want the people, the lovely people at home to know about? Sure. So I am on the podcast Stop, Hack, and Roll, which is a podcast about taking games and really actively doing the hacking and changing of the game on the actual episodes. And that has actually recently created my first kind of big game that I'm working on, which is Pasión de las Pasiones, which is a telenovela game that has been starting to make its rounds online. And uh, that's really what I'm working on these days. I'm so... I played it. Uh, we played it together at Metatopia, and I, I love Passion de las Passiones so much. It was the most fun. It was so very, very good, and I cannot wait for everybody to get to see it and play it. And it's just, it's wonderful. And I'm gonna gush about it specifically to embarrass you right now. <laughs> no, I've now hit a point that I'm like real full of myself, good. and uh, just like you know, walking around <laughs> like I'm the king of the jungle. Good. So now uh, is when I cut. Now is when I cut it, cut you down, and say that say that that was all a lie. Yeah, yeah, it That's was all a just, lie. It's it's all take terrible. Take the axe to your ego. No, it was it was amazing. It was so much fun. I cannot wait to see to watch it develop. I'm I'm so into it. It was a delight uh, having you at the table, and I can't wait to play more. someday um, you and I are going to have to play a one player telenovela. I'm I'm in I'm in I'm a hundred percent in. That's going to so, take a lot of hacking, I think, to make it work. We'll, but we'll, make, <laughs> we'll see. I think we can make it work though. So this week we are playing Dungeon World. We are playing a very specific, very seasonally appropriate game of Dungeon World. And I yes, am, am handing off the GM reins to you, so I guess I will introduce my character and we'll dive right in. Yes, please do so. I am playing uh, Nicholas Sinterhammer. He is a dwarven cleric. He has kind eyes, bald head, but a big bushy white beard. He wears very common clothes, sort of like a, a red and white motif, sort of fur trim around the edges of his jacket. He's sort of a flabby body. You know, he's got a belly. I feel like people probably have a pretty good visual of what Nicholas Sinterhammer looks like at this point. I feel like I'm getting a pretty good idea of him. Um, Yeah. When he laughs, what what does his stomach do? Uh, It definitely jiggles. It definitely jiggles and, and wiggles a little bit. Like a bowl full of jelly. Oh, very much like a bowl full of jelly. Um, you know, he is a cleric of the god Yule. It is Excellent. a god of civilization, and it is uh, known for its important sacrificial rites. Specifically, not like living sacrifice, but like um, like uh, things, like offering up wealth to people. Okay, great. And that's him in a nutshell. Yeah, and so he, I assume and hope that he lives in like a mountain home of some kind. Oh yeah, yeah, he has a mountain house. He has a small cottage, sort of deep in a mountain, overlooking, I imagine, like a big like a big town or a city that he sort of brings gifts to as sort of this religious offering to the god Yule. Okay, excellent. Uh, then, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to tell us about, about him? He's a, he is a, uh, a cleric, you said, yes? Yes, he is a cleric. He is a dwarf. And, uh... Anything specific you'd like to bring up in terms of equipment or anything like that? This is um, going to be a very traditional Dungeon World game. Yeah, he carries with him, a, he wears a chainmail shirt, and he has a small a small warhammer, kind of a, um, almost like a craftsman's hammer, 
Okay, but it's great. maybe a little bit more ornate on the top that he uses to battle off people, battle off things that have are put people in danger. Excellent. So in this time, we're going to assume that Niklaus is visiting some family that lives in a more traditional dwarven hold. Okay. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, and so he's he's visiting and is bunked up, and theoretically things are ready for him to do do his Yuletide. Uh, preparations and do the worship of Yule that he needs to have in the coming days. Right, of course. And so, "'Twas the night before Christmas when deep in the hold a dead creature was stirring, both magic and old. The bones of the slain were pulled up by the lich, by powers far darker than Tia the Witch. The dwarflings were nestled all snug in their bunks, with visions of gold trinkets tucked in their trunks, and Jean-Pierre with his style and Nick in his hat had just settled their beards for a long winter's nap. When down in the crypt there arose such a clatter, Nick sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the chamber he charged like a boar, tore down the hallway, and opened the door. Huh. I did not realize that was coming, and I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the majority of my prep. <laughs> Good. Good. This was a success. So, you burst through... Uh, the doorway out into the main square of the Dwarven City. Right. Uh, and there you can hear some, some shouts and cries going on. Uh, and two of the guards are... There you see two guards rushing down towards where the, the Lord's Chambers and things like that is. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're running from the direction of, of the ancient crypt. Uh, what do you do? So they're running away from the ancient crypt? Yes. Uh, I guess then... I want to study their uh, running for a moment and see, like, are they running in fear or are they running to action? Like, are they running okay. to take care of something or are they running in, in fear? Uh, that could be a discern realities, although I'll tell you right now, it's very clear uh, that they are running, that they're running in fear. They are okay. fleeing the crypt. Uh, I'll roll a discern realities nonetheless. Sounds good. Sort of take in this sort of chaotic scene. Yeah, I, I feel like that's something that's obvious enough <laughs> that yeah, Nicholas right. has okay. no issue telling it. Well, then I'm going to start moving towards uh, towards the ancient crypt, but I'm going to like move carefully, make move study the scene, see if my services are needed elsewhere first. Okay. So uh, I'm roll plus wisdom, which is uh, yes, plus please. two. Um, it is an eight, so I'll ask one question from the list below. What should I be on the lookout for? Uh, that is an excellent question. So you are, you're, you're kind of jogging down towards the crypt, and you're able to see that several of the guards that are running away, and there's now more people running, um, have scratches on them that look like they that that have the look of skeleton scratches you've seen mm. some undead mm. ilk in the past and there's some there's a little bit of uh grave dirt and uh bone fragments down on the ground so it's it seems like there are skeletons about that have risen from the dwarven crypt in some way hmm i will take heed as i move towards the crypt i'll make sure that no one is is grievously hurt and would require the services of a cleric, but I will continue my continue my move towards the crypt. It seems like people got away quickly. Um, you can hear Good. that the alarms are going off and things like that, but realistically, those alarms might be there to call upon someone like you. Right, okay, yeah, then I am moving swiftly, swiftly with a purpose as I move towards the, towards the crypt, towards whatever door has, is between me and the crypt. Tell me about the giant stone door that separates the crypt from the main chambers. Um, it is a different kind of stone than I, uh, I think that there's a stone around it. Okay. We're below the ground, so perhaps this, this is like finely wrought kind of surface stone, so it's got that shine to it. Yeah, yeah. That shine so that kind of permeates yeah. out. Yeah, and I think it, it, it marks that this is, uh, this is different and therefore dangerous is that it's marked with this sort of very different coloration to it i think that that the underground hole or yeah our underground hole is sort of um reddish brownish and i right. think this is a very stern gray excellent and 
you are absolutely correct that there is danger in entering the crypt. This is a fantasy land in which all sorts of bizarre and dangerous things exist, and not least among those are the dead themselves. And so there's actually a custom move here. Okay. When you enter the crypt of the dwarven lords, roll plus wisdom. All right. And if you'd like, I can tell you all of it, or you can wait until we get to that point. Uh, I'm going to roll wisdom, and then we'll see what happens. Hmm. Sounds good. So that's going to be a plus two for my wisdom. Uh, that is a that is a four. That is a failure. Hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, so the the success on that would be on a hit, you enter the crypt unimpeded. Okay. But it sounds as though that is not going to be happening. That is not going to happen. Uh, so you come to the doors, and you take a hold of it, and you, you pull it open, and it lets out just a deafening, horrible, screeching creak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And immediately, you can feel the that the spirits of the ancients that are housed here are unsettled, and they are angry. And... Mm you can feel them already beginning to push on your mind, even with your prepared cleric feelings, they are going to be, they are going to be following you. Right. They, there are things that should not be here right now. And it, these ancient spirits have decided that you are one of them. All right. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I feel that sort of intrusion in my mind and I, I look back I, I contemplate perhaps like turning and fleeing. Yeah. But I think I look back uh, on, I look back at like the, the dwarven town behind me and I nod and think about Yule as the symbol of like civilization and settlement. And I press on and knowing that danger and harm probably await. And as you walk in, you hear the word in your ear whispering, Cinta! and your eyes are drawn to a grave that you are passing that has the name Niklaus Sinterhammer upon it. Hmm. So you know me, then. Well, that's wonderful. The crypt is... (laughs) (laughs) I laughed laughed to myself. Amazing. Love it. The crypt is enormous. This mountain home has been here for quite a long time, and through age and violence and dangers, it has had a lot of business. But you're drawn through to kind of pass through the various mausoleums and setups, and it's all it's all very dark, but you as a dwarf can absolutely handle that. Sure. And then you come to the crown jewel of this place... What is what is the beautiful centerpiece of the crypt? The beautiful centerpiece of the crypt, I think, is a a statue atop a tomb that is sort of below this. Actually, it's above this. I think that dwarves bury above. Okay. Because our movements are both because we move yeah, down. Absolutely. So we leave. So we bury our dead above. And sort of the space that we haven't used. So I think it is it is a, a, a beautiful golden statue of a dwarf uh, with with uh, their hand on their heart pointing to the sky, like pointing to the ceiling where uh, an old old dwarven queen was buried. Her, her grave. Uh, the the statue is of a younger as of the queen as a young woman pointing up to her burial place. As if to remind us all, like, this is that, you know, a great monarch lays here. Excellent. I tried to change some of my poem on the fly, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. (laughs) So (laughs) I had, like, a little second that I was like, I can edit this and use this exact detail. And it's like, no, Brandon, bring it down a notch. (laughs) Well, I appreciate your effort. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just know that. I, it means it means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so under so standing next to this enormous tomb is a withered beast. Like a, it's a, it looks like it may have been probably human once. It's quite a bit taller than you are, 
mm-hmm. and it has just the sunken, dead features of a lich. Have <laughs> you interacted with a lich in the past? I think I've heard stories. I think that it is uh, dwarves being from beneath the earth. I think that we all have heard stories about the undead, and the lich is sort of the the centerpiece of those. Like, But I think, I'm going to say no, but I think I, I know of them, but not directly. Okay, perfect. And that would be one of the most strange things about this situation, except that additionally, there is an enormous sleigh. Mm. S-L-E-I-G-H. Uh, <laughs> someone is dead right now. No, there's a giant sleigh. I mean, we're in a crypt, so it's not... That's true. Also... Not unexpected. It's. I feel like the sleigh is more expected the, than the sleigh, S-L-A-Y. That's probably true. A, a slain giant, no, a giant sleigh that is packed with what you can immediately tell are the great treasures of the dwarves. So this lich has somehow managed to steal all of the gold and treasures, and in among all of those you can see the presence that you were intending to give around, and the presence that different dwarven families have planned to give to each other. Yule's bells. Green fire on the flesh of the new-risen lord gave unearthly vibrance to a glittering horde, when what to Nick's wandering eyes now behold but a skeleton crew and eight tiny kobold. Oh no. And so they have these eight kobolds that are tied to the sleigh uh, to drag it along. And skeletons that are slowly putting more and more gold into this sleigh. They have taken away from the main setup, but now are looting the tombs themselves. What do you do? I raise my hammer to the lich and to the skeleton crew, and I say, I say, those gifts are a blessing from Yule to the people of that, to the people of the town below. I shall not allow such a a blaspheme to occur you know my name you know who I am prepare to face the wrath of Sinterhammer Sinterhammer hisses out the lich and it raises its hands and begins to gesticulate and the the heads of the skeletons begin to turn towards you and they begin a dread march in your direction what do you do I, I I count them. I stop. I mean, with my with my free hand, I count them. And how many skeletons are there? There are five skeletons. I count them and I say one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> You're a few dozen short to take me, Lich. And I, I rush in. I rush into battle. All right, fantastic. Uh, so you are you attacking with your hammer? Yes. All right, that is definitely combat. Give me a hack and slash. All right. That is a seven. That is a seven. All right. So uh, you're going to be dealing damage. And uh, on a seven to nine, you deal your damage to the enemy, and the enemy makes an attack against you. All right. So why don't you roll your damage first? Okay. I got six. Okay. And now could you roll a d6 for me? Yes. I'm one of those cruel MCs that makes everyone. No, no, that's roll fine. I rolled, I rolled a one, uh, so I and I armor is one, so I take no damage. Oh, excellent! All right, so you plunge in among the skeletons, and they are chittering, hissing beasts, and their claws are coming down and and ripping off of your chainmail and and doing a little bit of pulling of that fur. It's definitely not looking mm-hmm. nearly as nice as it did when you went to bed. Uh, but you are able to just slam through uh, two of them in seconds. The other three begin to... One of one of the three begins to hesitate, uh, but the other two leap forward as your back is turned to the others. Uh, I think you need to defy danger in some way. Okay. Uh, I am going to wait for the skeleton to like leap at me, and then sort of like throw like throw my my chest almost to like bounce him off. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Sort of use my weight and my my steady nature to like bounce him off. That sounds like constitution to me. 
That's Unless what I was gunning for, strength. yeah. That's what Perfect. I was gunning for. That is a seven. <laughs> All right. Uh, so go ahead and roll your damage. Okay. I got a five, so I'll take four damage. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, is that the damage that you are doing? Uh, I'm you sorry. tell me. I rolled the damage. You go ahead damage. and roll, yeah, roll for the damage that you do. Oh, okay, then that is that is five damage. Okay. And then I will roll another dice. Would you like me to roll another dice to take damage, or no, are you, you going to do you actually move? don't need to quite yet. Okay. One of the fun things about Dungeon World is that it isn't just about back and forth attacking. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. And so, this is something I, I've only recently started to play with and pay more attention to, that each of the characters has, each of the monsters has various moves that you can do as mm -hmm. a GM. Okay, uh, cool, cool. And cool. so I'm actually going to be using that to an extent. Uh, I'm sorry, all of that sounded like babbling that doesn't actually matter. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 awesome. That is a cool, cool look behind the curtain that I'm really excited about. Okay. okay. Yeah, so I roll five damage. So yeah, so you shatter one you shatter one like he, you bump it with your stomach and it falls back and just shatters <laughs> on the ground the magic belly just smashes it yeah exactly the magic is just blasted from it um but then the other two have you and okay. they grab a hold of the back of your of your cloak and they pull it up over your head uh they've dragged you down to the ground and you're just hearing the chittering as they hit their fists into your back again and again, clawing at your back. But what's really getting to be the problem is that you're going to choke on all of this fur. Okay. What do you do? Um, well, I have to dispense with these skeletons before I choke on this fur. Okay. I'm going to focus within myself and unleash uh, the power of Yule and sort of try to put the, these dwarven spirits back to rest to call on the power of my deity to to send these uh to move these uh skeletons away excellent just to say i am seeking to turn turn the undead i was thinking that might be what you were doing i i don't have the cleric sheet in front of me yeah but that sounds exactly right so i am going to roll plus wisdom that is a plus 2 that is an 11 <laughs> All right, tell me what happens. Oh. On a 10 plus, you also momentarily... So, on a 7 plus, as long as you continue to pray and brandish your holy symbol, which I assume is my... Which I will say is my, my hammer, my, like, toy maker's hammer. Excellent. Uh, no undead may come within reach. And on a 10 plus, I momentarily daze intelligent undead and cause mindless undead to flee. All right, tell me about this. What, what happens? Uh, what happens is I... I, I let out a ho, and I, I I throw out my hands and my my uh, hammer begins to glow, and the two skeletons are sort of tossed to the side and like they they are they are filled with a terror as I stand up glowing, my hammer is glowing and there's a, there's a light from within me. Excellent. And uh, the uh, are these are these are these skeletons mindless undead or these do they skeletons have a... are mindless undead. Okay, then they, the, yeah, then they turn tail and flee. Yeah, they're just uh, and, chattering out into the night. Yeah. And the, uh, if the lich is still in the area, then he is momentarily dazed, as he is sort of just looking at me, striking this uh, this tremendous pose. Yeah, and the, the kobolds are definitely all yapping and yelping among themselves. One of them has started clapping. Uh, hmm. Just, like, really appreciating the, the display good they get like a little bickering fight going on between the two of them that's adorable uh but yeah for now the lich up in front of the tomb standing on the top of those steps is dazed he has a second that he's he's got his claws up in front of his face and is hissing out <laughs> with the sharp teeth gnashing and biting at the air what do you do i'm gonna have to halt my my prayer to yule and break the turn undead to do it, but I'm going to cast a spell. Okay. And empower my my hammer with uh, with a magic weapon spell. All right. So that's going to be a roll plus wisdom. I was right about to say. That is an eleven. That is a success. On a ten plus, the spell is successfully cast, and my deity does not revoke the spell. 
All right, tell me about it. What does that look like? I think uh, what it is is my prayer changes from my prayer changes from like protect me from these dwarves to help me put this help me put this uh, help me heal this spirit help me plunge the curse of undeath from its body and my my hammer begins to glow and like twinkling lights and sparkles begin to form around it. And it seems to almost grow in my hand, becoming from, like, this very humble-looking toy maker's hammer to more of a, like, bashing hammer. All right, fantastic. And it's very decorated with, like, gold scroll work now, and it's I think it's bright white, I think, is the coloration of it now. All right, and that that takes a moment. You have to receive your prayer and have that right, yeah. magic coming in. And so when you return yourself back to attention, you see that the Lich has started to bring himself into more control, and his hand is raised, and with an arcane symbol into the air, a sickly green mist begins to shoot towards you. What do you do? Um, I'm going to... Hmm. I'm going to, uh... Just continue to move, knowing, seeing the mist coming, I'm going to continue to move, unwavering in my belief and in my in my mission, just continue to, to approach and prepare to bring the hammer down. Literally okay. and figuratively. Fantastic. So are you taking, are you taking the blow, or are you, uh, are you kind of defying danger using your wisdom? Um... I think it's defying danger of my wisdom, using my strength and conviction to. Uh, that was my trust feeling on it too. Trust that Yule, def- Yule is defending me. Yes. So I'll go ahead and make that roll. Yes, please do. That is a ten. All right. So, uh, so you push through the fog, and you can smell it, and it burns your your nose hairs, but it will not get through. And in the back of your head, it might be because you're, there's a little moment of, of confusion and pain in your temples, but you feel like you're hearing bells. And then you realize that those bells are the bells of Yule and that you are protected in this moment. Uh, the Lich is continuing to cast this, this shadowy mist at you with one hand while the other begins to move frantically, uh, a look of fear beginning to show on his sunken dead face. What do you do? Hmm. I, uh... You can get right up next to him at this point. Yeah, I'm gonna get right up next to him and then, uh, just bring down the hammer and say, uh, Spirit, I I release you. Go back... Go back to the spirit realm. Return to the spirit realm and feel peace once more as I bring the hammer down. Fantastic. Give me that hack and slash. That is a seven. And do you, do you get a bonus from the spell or does the spell affect damage? Uh, the spell affects damage. It adds plus 1d4 damage to uh, the weapon until I dispense okay, the fantastic. spell. All but right. I am at minus one to cast the spell as long as it is in effect. Okay. Um, first, roll the damage that you would do. Okay. That is three damage. Okay. Um, and now, if you would be so kind as to roll a d8. A d8? Absolutely. I rolled a seven. Ooh, okay. So with an armor of one, I'll take six damage, and that puts me at seven. Well, plus two, actually, on top of that. Oh, okay. So So how much damage is that? That is eight damage. Are you still, you're still up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've got 15, I have 15 health left. Okay, phew. Um, so yeah, so you bring the hammer down onto it, and there is just a burst of necrotic energy, uh, and you feel just like a, a gust of, of wind and bone chips as this creature is apparently for a moment, slain under your hammer. It 
collapses back against the wall and you can see that just its chest is just essentially gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you can see like you know it's it's mostly it is mostly bone, but it is it's wrecked. And then and you can feel also just the the gross dark energy on you. Mm-hmm. And that is just is just pain in your body, mm-hmm. and you can feel it racking through you. Yeah. Uh, and then the lich uh, finishes the enchantment on the other hand, and snaps. And in a burst of bone dust, he's gone. With a little enchantment so lively and quick, he flashed to his sleigh with a magical click. The kobolds all yapped and grabbed hold again, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Nasha, now Masha, now Cutier and Dringus, now Big Tooth, oh Froblem, on Slippy and Bemis, to the mid of the earth, to the depth of the deeps, now dash away, dash away, dash away, creeps. The dry bones beneath gave a creak and a crack, and the kobolds went running and didn't look back. Down the tunnels and cliffs, the kobolds flew with a sleigh full of gold, and the dark lich too. What do you do? I will not allow. I will not allow this sleigh to get away with this offering. There are too many people, dwarf and human alike, uh, waiting for this. I chase after the sleigh, and I make a running leap to to catch hold of it. Okay. As it flies. Give me a defy danger using dexterity. Okay. That is an eight. All right. Uh, so here's what happens. You still have your hammer in one hand. Uh, and you run and you leap and grab on with one sturdy fist. But this sleigh is moving quickly. These kobolds are maybe enchanted or something because they're running pretty quick to be able to drag all of this weight. And your body's kind of, like, thumping on the ground. Right. So, if you got your other hand up and held on, you could pull yourself onto the, black, onto the back of the sleigh. But that would require letting go of your hammer. Mm. If you don't let go of your hammer, then you're going to have a hard time getting into the sleigh. I'm going to let go of the hammer. I can't, okay. let this, I can't let the sleigh get away. And I need to, I need to, I, I can't, I cannot even off, like, I can't bear the risk of losing grip and letting the sleigh get away. All right. Into my hammer. Uh, so you are able to pull yourself up onto the back of the sleigh and the lich is there. Uh, he spins around to you with that same gnashing mouth as behind you, you can see the glowing strength of your god disappearing to the distance. You're tearing down these tunnels just rapidly. Now they've got some speed behind them. They've got a bit of a downhill going. It looks like you're headed towards further into the true Underdark, away from the Dwarven civilization. What do you do? I'm going to stare him in the eyes, and out of the corner of my eye, I'm going to study the... I want to study the offerings that are in here. Okay, great. See if there's anything that I can use in place of the hammer. Okay, sounds good. Give me a discern realities. Okay. That is a nine. What here is useful or valuable to me? All right, excellent. Uh, there is a, uh, a pack of that belongs to a different cleric of Yule that used to live in this underdark... Um, that used to live in this mountain home. Uh, she doesn't live here anymore. She had to. She did some missionary work out with the elves, but uh, but her bag is here. You can see it has the traditional uh, mistletoe and things like that off the off the top of it. And most importantly, you're pretty sure you can see the shape of her scepter inside. It's 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 right at the. That's actually right at the edge of the sleigh. Um. It's this is a big sleigh, but it's like probably like maybe a step and a half away from you. Okay. Then what I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna have to move for it because I can't invoke Yule's power without a holy symbol, and my holy symbol was the hammer, so I have to make a move for the scepter. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna make a move for the scepter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So you you move to the scepter. 
and the lich raises his hands, and you can feel just a burst of cold air hitting against you. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to defy danger, or you're going to be flung from the sleigh. Okay, I'm going to uh, just plant my feet down. Okay. And trust in my, my hefty belly. And, of course, the weight of Yule's protection. Drawing on my, my constitution. Fantastic. Give me a like, defy danger. Hang in place. Uh, that is an eight. An eight. Okay. Um, so, you are... Here is what is going on. You have some awareness of these tunnels. Mm-hmm. And you know that coming up, there is a there's a bridge that goes over this huge crevasse, and the sleigh is going to need to slow down in order to cross that because it's just too dangerous to avoid. Sure. So you can get to the scepter. Well, you you can get to the scepter if you take your time of it. Mm-hmm. But by the time you've got the scepter in hand, you might be at you might be at this bridge. And if they get past the bridge, you're gonna have a very difficult time getting back. Because past that bridge, you're into the true underdark, and there might be all kinds of beasts that you wouldn't expect. Hmm. What do you do? You go for that scepter? Or going for th- Or if you leaped, grabbed the scepter and just, like, rolled off the sleigh, you could do, like, if you take, you can either take the momentum that he has behind you, or mm-hmm. or hold strong and potentially be unprepared when you get to the bridge. Uh, I am going to, I want to be prepared when we get to the bridge. I don't think that I'm going to be able to fully stop this by the time we get to the bridge. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to grab the scepter, knowing that it's going to put me closer to the true underdark. Okay. Um, so, uh, so, so wait, so you're, um, flying, so so you're getting knocked off the sleigh, or you are, uh, just barely getting your hands at the scepter by the time you get to the bridge? Uh, I'm gonna just barely get my hands on the scepter by the time we get to the bridge. Okay, excellent. And then in a twinkling, they flew down the path, the yelping and yapping beneath Lich's wrath. As he drew out the scepter and was tunneling down, down the passage the sleigh bells came with loud sound. He was dressed in all fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were now tarnished with bones and with soot. The powers of Yule he had at his back, and he looked like a hero, just opening his pack. The Lich how he snickered, his eye holes how hollow, his cheeks were all sunken, his nose like true fallow. He raised up his hands above treasure and flagons. And it rose where it lay and became a gold dragon. <sighs> so, they are coming upon... You are coming upon the bridge. Mm-hmm. And you have taken enough time that the Lich has been able to work some of his magics while you've been just stumbling, going forward step by painful step to get your hands on the scepter. And then you turn, and expecting to see just the bridge and the lich, you're instead greeted by the enormous wings of a giant dragon made of all of the treasures. It's like a like a mechanical dragon that raises its head and lets out a screeching hiss as as twenty swords are pulled from their from their scabbards, and the dragon just is looking down at you, ready to strike. What do you do? And behind it is, of course, the Lich. Bring this... I bring the... Just say a quick prayer to Yule and and shove the scepter in the Lich's face to okay. at least to neutralize that as I as I prepare to do that with this dragon. Okay, that way, even fantastic. if I don't necessarily kill the Lich, I at least keep him stunned... All right. Roll plus wisdom. Sounds good. Haha, that is a 12. Oh, fantastic. Um, oh, and so were you turning undead or were you attacking? Uh, turning undead. Okay. So he is, he is stunned. As an intelligent undead, he is stunned. He is stunned and dazed. Okay, so he's, so he has his, his hands raised behind and you, you kind of push the scepter through and all of the gold is 
is slinging around you in almost like a, a whirlwind of this uh, of this dragon shape. And the kobolds haven't stopped running. Um, you can hear their yapping and, and yelping as they're sprinting headlong far too fast to get past that bridge. There's no way they're going to be able to line that up. That said, the dragon is starting to fall apart without the attention of the lich specifically upon it. It doesn't seem to have any sort of intelligence of its own. Mm. And so you can see various gold cups and and bits of chainmail and some hammers and uh, just all sorts of things clattering behind as you are headed straight for this enormous chasm. Okay. Uh, the important thing... The important thing is the people and their Yuletide gifts. My life is but a vessel for Yule. I'm gonna bring the scepter down on his down on his, his stupid skeleton head. Alright, sounds good. Give me a hack and slash. Seven. Seven? Yes. Alright. Uh so uh go ahead and roll damage. That is a two. Okay. Uh, oh, did you remember to add your? Did you main? Uh, were you maintaining your spell for the additional damage? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, if you. If you're. If you. If you'll allow that, despite the fact that it's a different weapon, I will. I will. I'll roll that. I'm down. cool with that. I feel like. Okay. Like that makes sense. And that ups it to five. Yeah. Then the power of Yule surges through the scepter, and it sort of transforms in the same way becomes this very beautiful, uh, like, finely wrought weapon as I bring it down on his head and deals, uh, five total damage. Okay, what does this look like? Um, I think it is... Nicholas looks back and sees that, sees that we're not gonna get the, we're not gonna clear the bridge. He looks up and sees the dragon crumbling, and he closes his eyes, and he just brings the scepter down in a massive strike as he, like, quietly whispers... By Yule's bells, I by Yule's bells, I do thy justice, and brings the he- the scepter down on the, the lich's head. Perfect, and the scepter comes down upon the lich, and it bursts once again into f- bone dust. Uh, and the the dust just rolls over uh, Nicholas, and and over the 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 sleigh, and. There's a little moment of elation, and then you hear the first thump sound of the sleigh, of one of the sleigh's legs going off into open space, and the other ending up on the bridge. Two of the eight kobolds are dangled down into open space, held in essentially with the, with, with the bridles from the from the sleigh uh but they're just dangling and swinging their arms and all around you treasure and gold is just falling and pelting down onto you and around the sleigh and just Mm -hmm. some of it is flying off into space uh over the crevasse and there's no sound of it hitting the bottom (sighs) hmm i am going to uh like look at my scepter as the the magic dissipates from it, as I as I as I dissipate the magic weapon spell, and I'm going to try something uh, that is purely purely risky and foolhardy, but maybe just magic and maybe just magic and foolish enough to work. I am going to grab the reins of the sleigh, whip it, and try to using my 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 firm-hearted belief that these gifts must go to the people i'm gonna try to fly this leg <laughs> okay um so you grab hold of those reins and you're flicking them and and the kobolds have started to turn um the ones that are not dangling in space mm-hmm. have started to to turn with looks of intense fear on their faces Uh, and, like, one of them is starting to, like, climb up onto the sleigh to try to strike at you. Give me... You know what? Give me a roll with wisdom. Okay. 
That is a nine. That is a nine. So right now would be a great time to have a thing that says something on the lines of, uh, when you use Yule's might in order to pilot a sleigh full of goodies. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have that. Sure. So, here's what I'm going to do. You you said you got a nine? Yeah. Okay. Um. So, you hear... You hear the sleigh bells of Yule, and there aren't actually sleigh bells on this sleigh. This is a pretty practical one. Um, but they start to ring, and the kobold on the front of the sleigh that's coming towards you with a little knife in his hand abruptly starts to just float up into the air. Mm -hmm. um, he lets out a startled yelp and begins to to kind of flail about, and then you take sturdy hold of those reins again. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old dwarf, with the strength in the arms of a man of the wharf. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave them to know they had nothing to dread. And the sleigh begins to fly. Uh, and you push out into the open space first, because you can't just turn around to go back up. Sure. Uh, there are st There is still a big scattering of, of much of the treasure just on the ground in this cavern mm -hmm. but for now like are you tr are you trying to fly all the way or just bring it about to get back onto solid land uh i think just bring it onto solid land but i think that there's definitely it definitely i'm flying it for a little longer than i probably should there's a really broad pretty swoop in the air and like yeah. the kobolds all scramble you know like dogs trying to swim yeah and they do, like, the doggy paddle thing. It's definitely a lot like that. Like, just yeah. skinny limbs scattering at the air. And now um, I'm, I'm, hitting the, I'm hitting the reins on the sleigh with a... <laughs> and you're able to bring the sleigh around. And, and you can bring the sleigh back down finally onto the platform where all of the gold is. And, uh... The kobolds are all looking at you with a look of of some of some concern because abruptly they can fly. <laughs> uh, and uh, then one of them hisses out, "Master, what would you have us do?" I I smile and my my cheeks are bright red because uh, I didn't think that was gonna work. Um, and I look around at, like, the treasure that has not fallen in the crevasse. Yeah. And I look around, and I'm like, gather up what treasure you can, where you can, we've got many miles to go, and not a lot of time to get there. They spoke not a word, but went straight to their work, and gathered all the treasure, then turned with a jerk, and pulled the sleigh quick up the path. The kobolds were thrilled to avoid a bloodbath. And you begin to head back up the cavern, and... There's places that it's easier to fly and places where it's easier to just pull it along. Um, but then you... And then you are coming towards towards the Dwarven Civilization. You're able to get much closer to it, but there is the crypt. And you were warned by those spirits of your ancestors that you would not pass through it safely. And so... As you're coming into this space, you once again begin to hear the hissing, the hissing things from these ancestors. From these ancestors, I wasn't sure how I was going to work this in, but I think I got it now. Good, good, good. This this is the part that isn't at all polished, and I'm doing it off the top of my head. No, I'm I'm, I'm digging it. Good. <laughs> um, and so as you're coming up abruptly you, you like you're swinging through you're coming by that uh that big centerpiece and you can see the dwarven queen that is just such a wonderful sight to see and then the kobolds falter they begin to stumble and you can see that all eight of them are holding their their claws around their throat as if they are being strangled and you begin to see ancient dwarven guards 
appearing in misty, ghostly forms coming for you. What do you do? I am going to cast a spell. As I look to the guards coming towards me, I'm going to cast a spell. I'm going to roll plus wisdom. Okay. See what happens. Oh, that is a six. That is a failure. Oh, no. Okay. I, I, I cast, I try to cast guidance and I guess it just doesn't happen. So I say, okay, then this is on me now. <laughs> and feel free to describe what happens next, but. Yeah. Uh, you, you are standing there and you're searching for guidance from Yule. And up above, you can see the the Dwarven Queen statue, and all around you, you can see the splendor that the dwarves have created, and you can see in this moment how close you are to bringing Yule back for all of the uh, little dwarf boys and girls, and to just have this happy ending. And then your your eyes close for a moment, and when they open again... There is a ghostly dwarven face in front of you, and you feel a wrenching pain uh, at its hand pushed into your chest. Roll two, what? Roll 1d6. 1d6? Yes. 4. Okay, this is 4, and it is armor-piercing. Okay. So you take 4 damage, and you can feel its hand beginning to, to push through your ribs. It is reaching for your heart, and if it takes your heart in its hand... You will face the Black Gate. What do you do? I have been accused in the past of running difficult Dungeon World games, regardless of whether it's supposed to be nice and fun and for children. No, this is no, this is fantastic. I'm just you I'm, can cut I'm, that I'm, part I'm, out. Yeah, yeah. This is fantastic. Okay, yeah. I, I, I see the hand in my chest, and I feel it, and I feel that cold, and I look it in the eye and from deep within me I feel a rumbling and I look at him and I say take heed dwarven friends take heed everyone for yuletide approaches with the rise of the sun there are gifts to deliver there is joy to be brought light to be guarded and evil to be fought I shall not give in black gates I shall not see so merry yuletide to you this gift is from me and I clock him in the jaw amazing give me give me a hack and slash that is a third. That is an eleven. All right. Do you want to describe this or shall I? Uh, feel free. <laughs> okay. So you set upon them. You start with just the scepter across, and the ghost just dissipates. And there is a feeling of warmth afterwards. It's a feeling of understanding. Um, and the rest of the ghosts, but the rest of the ghosts seem maddened. And so you set upon them and dive from the sleigh swinging the scepter about and just you can just feel yule present in you uh and you slash through all of the ghosts and feel them given back their rightful rest this is not an act of violence though it certainly looks like it this is you presenting yule into their very insubstantial beings uh, the kobolds at this point all stop choking um, and start to like get up and dust themselves off and uh, they seem to be okay. And so, Nick sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they flew like a carriage abyssal. But I heard him exclaim, ere he came to the hold, Happy Christmas to all and to every kobold. Thank you so much for playing, Jeff. Um, th thank you, Brandon. I'm not. I need a. I need a second because I'm very emotional right now because that was amazing. No, that was that was bad. You're a, you're fantastic. This was so oh much my fun. God, <laughs> this was so good, and this was everything I wanted it to be. So thank you so much for doing this and for writing Christmas themed poet. This was good. This was a good. Ep this is good stuff. Oh, well, Brandon. I was so thrilled to do it. I had such a good time. 
I actually, I, I, you told me that I promised you a Christmas game. You and did. I, last December, I had offhandedly tweeted, hey, who wants to play a Christmas game with me next December? And you were like, I'll do it. Just remind have, me next year. I have legitimately no recollection of that conversation. But now I'm going to promise something that I can remember and we will have proof of. If you would like another poem Christmas adventure next year, hit me up. I will hit you up. It was Clearly, so much I fun writing this. Going through this. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. This oh, was it's great. Always a pleasure, pleasure, Jeff. Always fantastic. Uh, so, real quick, where can people find your work online? Uh, they can find me at. Uh, give me a second. I've, it's been a little <laughs> while since I've had to remember this without James there doing the other half of it. Uh, you can find me at my podcast at Stop Hack and Roll, which is at www.stophackandroll.com and at Stop Hack and Roll on Twitter. Uh, I'm on G+, Brandon Leon Gambetta. I'm on Twitter, at Dr. Captain Kobold. Uh, I'm all over the place these days, just doing gaming any place that I can. Uh, we've got I another upcoming uh, podcast, actually, starting soon also that should have some delicious Dungeons and Dragons sorts of flavors if you're into yes, this kind I am, of stuff. Yes, I'm very excited about it from what I've heard about it. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'm pretty pumped. That's uh, My Kingdom for a Podcast, uh, which that's, I think is at My Kingdom Cast on Twitter. That's going to be real good. But yeah, that's where I am. And uh, hopefully I'm also on Party of One, you know, every once in a while. I, th I think that, I mean, we still have to schedule the next Randy and Serdarian adventure, so that's definitely going to happen very soon. I can't soon. wait for that. I, I tried really to work Randy and Serdarian into the poem, but I wasn't able to do so. I appreciate the effort, though. Um, I did stick in two characters from caught, another great podcast. I caught them. There were two great fantasy children in there. I caught yeah, them. Yeah, all my fantasy children, definitely worth a listen. That is I, one of my top so. favorite podcasts. Well, thank uh, you so much, Brandon. As that means a lot. One, it's always a delight to be on. That makes that both of those mean a great deal, Brandon. Thank you so no. much for coming on the show. This was a this was a blast. I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Fantastic. Tell him I say hi. I sure will. Take a future me. Brandon says hi. Thanks, past me, and thanks again to Brandon for coming on to the show. That was so much fun. I'm real emotional about this game, y'all. Be sure to check out Stop, Hack, and Roll. It's a fascinating discussion show. If you haven't already, I think that you're going to love it. I think it's going to teach you a thing or two about hacking games. I think it's it's absolutely fascinating. And you're not going to want to not follow Brandon on Twitter and on G+, because, quite frankly, he's doing some amazing games work, and you're going to want to know exactly when it all drops. Believe me. You can follow this show on Twitter at Party of One Pod. Like it on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. If you love the show, consider backing it on Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Your support helps the show pay for hosting fees, procure new equipment, line up con appearances, and produce live shows. You can also consider giving us a nice iTunes review like Thrack the Cyclops and Dr. Captain Cobalt. Why does that name sound familiar? Uh, iTunes reviews, social media shoutouts, and word of mouth recommendations help the show achieve bigger and better and cooler things. If you want to hear more from me, check out All My Fantasy Children, the podcast in which Aaron Catano and I take your listener prompts and turn them into beautiful, vibrant role-playing game characters. This, Our most recent episode, we created Trick Smallman, a lovable, magical train conductor who also forces you to confront harsh realities about yourself. It's, an, it's a wonderful combination of lovable and utterly terrifying. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. Music for the episode is Christmas Rap by Kevin McLeod, licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. And before we go, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. The fact that you let me in to your life for an hour or so a week, and we play a game together, is just about the best gift a guy could ask for. So whether you're celebrating something this season or not, whether you're feeling the holiday spirit or not, happy holidays. I love you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for hanging out with me this past year, and thanks for, thanks for everything. Just thanks. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and party on, and happy holidays. <laughs>